It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> All right. I am riled up and ready to yell about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And we are back. Welcome back to another Dude Thoughts podcast episode. It's Carmen, Gabe, and Kelky and Britney, bitch. Um, so, hey, Gabe, what's up, dude? I'm going to just go ahead and start with you. That's fine. Uh, so this week... I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time, so I'm gonna catch you up. We yeah, catch Aly- me all up. It's Alyssa's getting a a one bedroom apartment because all her roommates moved out, and so we we're looking around and stuff, and then found the place. Hooray! And like their the limit on dogs is 25 pounds, which whatever, that's fine. Um, and then later on that day, I went to the bank, right? And in the bank. In the physical bank was a non-service dog, just little ten-pound little dog. You, you on you 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 up to what's going on so far? Yes. No okay. And then I had a realization that little dogs are the white people of dogs. They can. Okay, I've lost you. I no longer understand what your reference is is going to be. They can live wherever they want. They can bark and be little assholes and nobody gives a fuck. They can bite people. They don't have to be trained properly. And nobody gives a fuck. But Grievous, you know, shits in the wrong spot and everybody wants to put the dog down. For the record, Grievous has never shit in the wrong spot. I know, it's ghoulish mm, I've literally been in the room when that happened. So When he was a puppy? Okay, do you not count him as being alive? No, not when he's a puppy. Okay. So once a pup, once a dog transitions from being a puppy, they go into teenage dog and then adult dog. Once they're adult dogs, everything starts brand new. And Grievous has never pooped once as an adult dog. Beautiful. <laughs> never pooped once. Okay. Never, never pooped That's in the untrue. house once. You're doing that thing where you lie. No, it's a bit. I hate that. <laughs> I love that so much. I hate. Uh, anyway, okay. that's my that's my observation so, for the week. So I just so so many layers to dissect on that alone. Um, so what you're saying is I could walk into a bank and as a white man I can just shit on the bank <laughs> floor and start barking and no one's gonna say a thing. There's a little like nuance to my analogy, I think, but I guess <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I thought there was more to it than that. I thought it was more subtle. Oh, but gosh. Okay. Yeah, well, you if you're not that. Carmen, it, it tracks. It was a bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, anyways, Kelki. Hey, dude. What's up, Kelki? Oh, you know, just hanging out. What's up with you? Gosh, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck that. Take that back. <laughs> no, I am. I want to talk about this shit that we're going to talk to. I'm ready to get into it. So you can say whatever you feel like you need to say. And then we're going to talk about the shit that we're going to talk about. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know how as kids you, you just randomly, you'll, you'll have these memories that just sit in there and they simmer and they just, they're kind of repressed. And as an adult, you'll have something that will trigger, not always in a bad way, but you'll have an emotional trigger response that all of a sudden you'll start thinking about these random memories as a kid. Right? So yesterday at work, uh, a girl was singing, Like, not singing. She was humming. And I was like, huh, what is she humming? I know that. And I was like, so, um, Monica, what are you humming? And she's like, the Sesame Street song. And I was like, 
oh, okay. First off, this is like a 50-year-old woman. And I was, to get, uh, yeah. Well, Sesame Street's 50 years old this year. I did not year, know that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's incredible. What a fact. Wow. That I guess I take back everything I said about her age. Um, <laughs> she so, can still be 50. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyways, she so she's humming it, and I was like, oh, wow, great. It was stuck in my head all day. And then I was driving home, and then randomly I started thinking about like songs from uh, The Land Before Time, okay? Uh, and I don't know if you guys were ever big Land Before Time fans, but I, I remember there was a song about eggs, and I was like, what? Eggs. What was that? Yeah. You know, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, I'll see. Why, do, why can't I just eat this leaf? And he's like, I just need some eggs three times a day. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why did I think I about this randomly? I don't know if that's how that song went. No, check it out. <laughs> Tell, I will tell you. Listen, he's like, I got to have eggs three times a day. And there's other guy who I think is like British. They're, they're British, like velociraptor style carnivorous beasts. Um, and now I need to go back and watch that. But I just had that memory and it was triggered by Sesame Street. So I don't Which know if you guys are going to watch because there's 13 of them. Well, I got to start in order. I got to start in order with n- number one. And then I think by episode, not episode, number four is when you have Chomper and he has friends for dinner, you know? Um, anyways, do you guys ever have those kind of things where it's like it, it randomly will trigger you and you'll think about those memories from a ki- childhood? Yes. I'm texting Thank your you wife. for. Thank you for elaborating, <laughs> Kalki, and also thanks, like, Gabe, uh, for Sagwa, Sagwa, you're my best friend. I don't know I that don't word. It was a. Uh, I watched a lot of PBS. That so was on I, PBS. I remember. Hey, dun, 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 dun. you know that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Hey, hey." I don't know the words. Are you singing Arthur? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, I remember that. Arthur Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. <laughs> Arthur's the second longest running animated show of all time. Fun fact. I love Arthur. Me too. A lot of it's also, on Amazon also. Amazon Prime. There was also uh, Noodle. Use your noodle. Oh, I know that one, yeah. Do the noodle dance. Yeah, it was like some Is shit that, like that. That's from Sesame Street, isn't it? Is that Mr. Noodle? No, that was the Otters. Oh, I, I love otters that. so much. There's a Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street, and he does a noodle dance. Yeah, he he dies in Jurassic Park three. He gets eaten by no, velociraptors. I'm, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, he does. At Animal Kingdom, and they're never out. At least not when I go. And I audibly went ah! <laughs> like that exact noise rented to the canal because I love otters so much. I just want you to know that I'm I'm going to show you the video of him dying in Jurassic Park three. Mr. Noodle. Yeah. Do you even know who Mr. Noodle is? Uh, I've seen Elmo and Mr. Noodle hang out and play. Okay, the dude dies in Jurassic Park three, and I'm sending you this clip right freaking now. Copy. How do I share this? (laughs) All right, Grandpa. I'm gonna go ahead and not watch that. No, you need to watch it so that you can know that I'm right and incredible. That's never happened, nor will it ever happen. <laughs> well, it happens every day. Anyways, uh, Bulls Pacers heading to overtime. Kelki, what are we talking about today? Tell us all about Free Britney. Okay, so we're going to talk about Britney Spears, and this is very important. And if you haven't already watched the documentary on Hulu, you should. It's not a standalone. It's part of New York Times Presents, which is a series of documentaries 
And that one's, it's the sixth one. And it's very good. So you can go ahead and pause this, watch that, get really angry, and then come back and listen to us also be really angry because it's bullshit. All of it is bullshit. Now, I knew about the Free Britney movement, but I really only knew the whole, her father was in charge of like her estate and her money. And that's all I really knew. And I was like, well, this is bullshit. And I like kind of had some information that like they didn't have the best relationship. And basically she hasn't been working because of this. Um, what I didn't know was the extensive backstory that this documentary goes. I mean, this documentary starts from like when she was quote unquote discovered to like present day. So there's so much else to unpack and like, man, did I get riled up? First of all, I watched it and I got real, real mad. And then I watched it a second time and I took copious notes because there's a lot that needs to be discussed and I didn't want to forget any of it. Yeah. So I also made sure Carmen and Gabe watched it because I was like, this isn't like, I don't want to just be telling you about it. Like I want everyone to be like experiencing this together. So I will say I, I started watching that with Jessica not realizing that that was the actual documentary. I thought that there was a, a documentary called Free Britney. No. Um, and I yes, just thought that sorry, the, to clarify, it's called Framing Britney Spears. Right. But I thought, so I thought that the Framing Britney Spears one was kind of like how they, when the Fire Festival thing came out, they had like six documentaries randomly. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, remember that? Gabe, were you yeah. living with us for that? Or was that post? Yeah. Or was that before you moved I, I was living, I was like right when I moved in. Yeah. Just, so, just the one who showed me that. And I was just, I think that was like literally night one. <laughs> I moved in with the Firefly that's Festival. That's hilarious. And then everything shut down night two. Um, so, yeah. no, no, but I thought it was the Free Britney was a documentary. And then, like, because of the popularity, the New York Times was like, we're going to do this framing Britney. Um, so I misunderstood when originally you, the three of us started texting about this. But, yeah, so it's called Framing Britney on Hulu. Sorry to butt in. It's all about craziness and also fuck the conservatorship. Continue, Kelki. Yes. So um, just to clarify, we're, we're mad about it. Everyone, we're all on, we're all on the side of free Britney. I'm free Britney. <laughs> speaking for the group. Yeah, she speaks for me. Um, we are on the side. <laughs> yes. I am Gabe's conservator, <laughs> but it's way more valid. <laughs> if anyone needs a conservator, it's definitely going to be Gabe and I like we're crazy people. So co- continue. That's pretty much Kelky's job title. Okay. So, um, <laughs> First, I'm just going to go over like the people who it's just like a normal documentary where they like cut back with footage that they have and then like um, like archival footage and then kind of they timeline it and then they also interview people. So I'm going to just start by going over who they interview. So like the main woman that they interview is this senior editor of the New York Times. So she was kind of the one who did a lot of the investigative journalism for this specific piece. So she's been working on this for years because obviously there's like so much to unpack. Um, So she kind of quote unquote narrates the documentary. Um, Then they talk to Brittany's assistant slash chaperone person that they like didn't really have a title for, but that's kind of what they went with. Who's been with her since like day one of being signed. Um, They talked to the former stylist who now works at, uh, teen Vogue, I think. Uh, her talent agent, her backup dancer who became her tour manager, um, the lawyer for her father to originally get the conservatorship, who now is on the other team of lawyers. I want to say they said that at the end. Um, He's on the Free Britney side of the lawyers. The No, the lady who was originally on the team 
for Jamie Spears. Like at the end, it like when it was doing all those pop-up things, it was like, oh, this woman is now like working for the Britney side, like trying to get it overturned. Oh, I'm I like thought you were 90. talking about the guy. Oh, no, I was thinking about the guy who... Um, yeah, the guy originally... that she tried to hire. Yes, that guy. Yeah, they talked to him. The guy, the lawyer she attempted to hire before the court told her no, which was some bullshit. Um, a music reporter, the podcast host for... Uh, Britney, Britney's Graham. Is that what it's called? Um, and then that paparazzi guy who is, mm. so, so it starts, it goes to like her hometown, right? The middle of nowhere, very small home, sleepy little hometown. So I'm from a smaller Southern place, but this is like very small. So it's what, just kind what of town, what town was she from? Kentwood. And that's Tennessee too, right? No, no, that was Missouri or Mississippi. Missouri. I think it was Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. Okay, continue. Um, so it starts, they show us footage from when she's ten years old, right? It's like nineteen ninety two. She's ten years old and she's doing some kind of video recording. She's absolutely incredible. Like this child this child is very very talented, clearly. I mean, I think it's you, no one's going to argue that Britney Spears is a very talented person. She can dance, she can sing, she's an incredible performer, um, even still today. So, but like it was pretty obvious from the get go, right? So they show this performance, and this creepy ass old man is like, "Let me hit on this ten year old." Of course, and, and that was it, her dad. <laughs> It wasn't, but it might as well have been. Um, so it kind of, and then it cuts to uh, the woman who is the former stylist that was like, well, what, like, of course, that's what we have to ask a girl about. Like, you have to ask her if she has a boyfriend. You can't be like, wow, where'd you learn to sing better than every adult in this room? You just have to fucking ask her about, oh, does she have a boyfriend? No, it's a 10-year-old. Leave her alone. Like, it started there. Like, the inappropriateness just starts there and just ramps up to infinite levels. So but it's let's, just like, why? So let's take a pause. Let's take a pause and talk about that first, that first portion. Um, first off, so many things to unpack with the childhood aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Too much, way, way too much attention for someone at 10 year old, 10 years old to be getting right. Like that's crazy. I mean, Kids get talented because people want, or kids get famous because people want someone for their kids to look up to, to be relatable to. So there's always going to be kid actors. There's always going to be kid performers because people with kids are like, oh, I want this, them to watch this rather than them to watch whatever else. Yeah. So, I mean, with the Mickey Mouse Club performances and that show and everything like that's quote unquote wholesome whatever it's just like how we have the disney channel stars the nickelodeon stars it's like you're gonna have children actors and children stars yeah i think it's at it's just up to the parents to kind of help ground them still and yeah and i mean obviously regulated. then i do think it was maybe less common for it to be anything other than just like playing a kid on a sitcom like early 90s I guess when they yeah. have the the Mickey Mouse and stuff like that it kind of was opening up the door for being more than just oh they play so and so's 
child on on this sitcom it was like it's becoming more of like all around like we're touring we're we have this huge fan base obviously with like the mickey mouse club that existed before but it when they brought it back it was so different when they when they talked about the parents though like what they were saying i mean so it, it the, the dad his name is jamie and the, the mom's name is lynn mm-hmm. which by the way when I realized that, and then I was like, yeah. wait, their daughter is Jamie Lynn? Lynn. Yeah. yeah, the narcissism is is right there. It presents itself. Yeah, anybody yes. who names their right? kids after themselves is a super narcissist. Listen, I completely I'm not going to argue with disagree, you. So. Disagree. <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> so, but they were talking about how Jamie, his first response was, oh, my daughter's going to make me a ton of money. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Like they said yeah. that the mom, like when they went with the talent agent, who she is not a fan. <laughs> of the dad they was like they were like oh um the mom's so proud and she just like wants to do anything to like make it work and they they even like go in other interviews and saying like how much the mom was saving so that britney could have these voice lessons and dance lessons and traveling to new york for auditions and the dad's like how do we make this happen like i want to know the financials like my daughter's going to be so famous she's going to buy me a boat i'm like okay red flag number one which there are endless there are so many red flags for this man. I'm colorblind and I can see the red flags. Truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Per- the t- I mean, I remember thinking or had he- hearing when the Free Britney movement kind of first started, like her dad hadn't been present for so much of her childhood and then just came out of the woodwork in the more, like basically in 2008 when the cons- when he took like appealed for the conservatorship. That was like when he showed up. Right. So he's like fucking absent. He's uh, like, he's an absentee dad. And then he's having drug and alcohol issues and then like goes to rehab and then just like, isn't there, which I'm not saying that anyone who has alcohol or drug problems and goes to rehab is a bad person. That's not what I'm saying because I know people that that's not the case, but I do think that like, it's important to note that that's where he was doing that. He was like missing a chunk of her childhood. And when he came out of that, he didn't just come back and like want to make amends and want to have a good relationship and like be a presence in her life. He came out of it and just wasn't there until it was opportune for him. And I think that's what you need to note. Yeah. It it, it brings kind of that question of what, what was happening behind the scenes that we can't see that made a judge think that this guy is is in the right spot to be the conservator as opposed to like the mom or or like I know that they she had talked about an unbiased third party or the bank itself uh, or another lawyer like those are the kind of things that make sense to me but why the absent dad who has drug and alcohol addiction problems is is in a better state of mind than a woman who you know, I guess mental health was obviously less widely accepted back then than it is now. Um, you know, it, it raises a lot of questions. Jamie is yeah, sus. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, for sure. I think the issue <laughs> yes, was... Yes, Jamie's sus. Jamie is the one who, like, brought it to the court. Like, had Lynn taken it to the court with yeah. a good with a good case, I think, yes, she would have been granted it. But Jamie was the one that saw the opportunity and took it, whereas Lynn was over here behind the scenes trying to be like, how can I just help her? Like, what can I do like physically for her with her right now to help her. Jamie's like, well, how can I just take control of her? Which is not at all the same thing in any way. Right. So, okay. Transition into the next part of the documentary. What, 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 what comes after that on your, your note sheet? 
Um, so I have 1997, she gets the record deal, right? And that's when they start doing the little mall tours. Um, the times and- have changed. I know it's crazy. <laughs> Although I was actually, it reminded me that um, Gavin, Gavin, oh my God, what's his last name? I don't want to be, who is that? I don't want to. Gavin uh, McGraw? Gavin DeGraw. DeGraw, thank you. Um, he came and did like a random show in the Chattanooga Mall. <laughs> like not even, there's two malls in Chattanooga. There's a big one and a little one and it was not the big one. So it was really weird. <laughs> Anyways, it reminded me of that. Um <clears throat> And I was like, oh, I guess that's like a normal thing. <laughs> did either of you get to see any like, I mean, other than did you get to see Gavin DeGraw? I did the not show? go to that show, but I remember that it was occurring. I most of the like big concerts that came to Chattanooga when I lived there uh, were more country because <laughs> of like obviously where it is. I'm so sorry. I just got a notification that my dad followed the podcast on Instagram. And he's <laughs> in for a rude awakening when he starts listening to the <laughs> Uh, I love my father. So if you if you get this far, Dad, I love you. It's just a matter of fact. Anyways, continue. <laughs> hey, at least at least your dad didn't hit you, you know. So I'm waiting for the day that my dad takes enough time to figure out Instagram and goes and goes. Oh, my son's got a podcast. I'm listening to this. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I'm sorry. Please continue. No, you're fine, you're fine. Um. Yeah, so she's touring them. Yeah, most of the concerts that came to Chattanooga were like country stuff because of obviously like where we were. So I saw a lot of country music and I also saw a Drake Bell in concert really randomly. <laughs> it That's was great. a very good show. It was a good show. I'd rather see that I than opened. Gavin DeGraw. <laughs> I opened for Drake Drake Bell at one point. Um, it was not the show that I saw that you opened no, for. No, not that one. <laughs> but but I don't think I've how cool that would like you like randomly were at the same concert and like i opened for drake bell like wait you were that band that was way better than drake bell um i would never say that drake bell was incredible interesting um i don't think i've ever seen a concert at the mall though i don't think maybe that wasn't a trend that got all the way up to the north up in uh yankee country i'm um, sure it was where's that giant mall that's in the north which giant mall the mall the mall of, of america like, isn't that like in, in minnesota? minnesota that's the yeah. north that's basically Canada. Thus making it the North. <laughs> You're agreeing with me. No, they only booked Robin Sparkles in Canada. Okay. Speaking of malls, am I right? <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I didn't see the mall concert, but it did remind me that those were a thing. But then, you know, it goes on to say, oh, once she started to get bigger in this. I mean, the fact that she, like she's performing Hit Me Baby one more time, which is like obviously one yeah. of her like best known songs like in a mall i'm like it was like overnight the success it almost seems like and she even imagine imagine seeing britney spears playing hit me baby one more time at the mall and then the next day it's on the radio yeah it's just bonkers truthfully yeah seeing it happen this way makes me think like i don't think in recent memory we've seen anything quite like that happen and maybe i'm blanking um the closest thing i could think of was maybe billy eilish yeah, maybe because um, really she's know. she was just really young and just kind of like came out of nowhere. Also, but I yeah. don't know. Like it just feels like Britney was just a once in a lifetime kind of yeah kind of for phenomenon. Sure. And they even say in the documentary like this is like boy band times, right? So we're like mm-hmm. at the height of NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys popularity. And I will always I I will say I when people say oh which did you like more NSYNC or Backstreet Boys I always 
I listened to both, but I preferred the Backstreet Boys. And let me tell you, after watching this documentary, I feel very justified in that choice because damn, if Justin (laughs) Timberlake isn't a piece of shit. Yeah, I will. That was I audibly when he was on that radio and he's like, did you guys have sex? And he's like, "Okay, I did it. Or like took her virginity. And I was like, dang, dude, like I know you're a young guy. Shit. But like, what the fuck? I don't I I can't forgive you for that. 13 reasons why bullshit. (laughs) Honestly, it's some trash garbage. And like he basically like used that breakup to catapult his solo career. Like he has, then they talk about in the documentary, they talk about that song that he did where the video, they basically have a Britney Spears lookalike where he's like, I don't even remember what song it is. It was uh, Crimey River. River. Yes, Crimey River. So in that video, right, he's like stalking this girl, which is creepy, but we're supposed to be on his side, but whatever. Um, And then at the end of it, she gets in a car crash and dies. And there's like a line in the song that basically says, you got what you deserved, which is a bit of a leap. For a teenage yeah. romance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and I mean, the way he played that breakup was that she did something that's like, oh, like, I mean, she goes in that Barbara Walters interview and Barbara Walters is like, well, what did you do to him? It's not like what happened. You know, obviously you're like 19. Maybe it just didn't fucking work because you're children. But she's like, what did you do to him? Which is a trash way to te- talk to a teenager. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, I think also demonstrates how even in recent times like that obviously it happens nowadays but sexism in the media um and the double standards and the hypocrisy because they also i think mentioned that they wouldn't go up to the boy bands and go oh like who are you dating like blah blah blah. blah. like the questions right. were so different like uh i think wh- wh- who was the guy that was interviewing her and and asked her about, about her boobs yeah, when she's like, like what? eighteen years old, and he's that, really old. Like I have one word, ew, and no one steps in to stop it. Like she just like laughs. I mean, she the way she handled everything for that time and for how young yeah. she was is like she handled everything with a lot of grace. Because I would have been like walking out of these interviews, or like I think nowadays PR managers and stuff would step in and be like, "You can absolutely not speak that way to this person." But like, I mean, one of the people they interview even say like, there's this line and no one knows how to like help her navigate the cross from like being this quote unquote, like innocent role model, which no one has to be like, that's not what she's signed up for by having talent. Like if you don't like her, you don't have to listen to her. And she even says like, I'm not here to babysit your kids, but like, she's so kind and she handles with these things with such grace and like that woman going on and being like, I would shoot Britney Spears if I had the chance. And then Barbara Walters like brings it up and makes her cry. And like, it's just like the media did not like, she deserved better for like, I don't understand how you can have someone who the public adores so much be so trashed by the media. It doesn't make any sense to me. And also it's like, they're just not treating her age appropriately. They were treating her like a, someone who's not 18, 19 years old. No, like asking, could you imagine that happening now? Asking any star right now, hey, you're a virgin? Yeah, like, and everyone just laughs. And then she, like, she, and she answered it, which, like, she didn't have to, but she probably felt like she had to do that because there's no one saying, Mm -hmm. oh, you can do this to stand up to yourself. You can set your own boundaries. Position of powers are weird. (laughs) People just, like, didn't set her up for success. And I mean, I think she does talk a lot about being in control and I do think she was in control of like her tour and her music and 
like I think she had a lot of creative control, but I don't think anyone was there to kind of help her navigate the control of her like branding and like who she wanted to be and how she wanted to be represented because I don't think really anyone kind of knew the the volume at which her fame would kind of take off and I no one was it didn't it doesn't really seem like anyone was even trying to help her navigate that. Did you see yeah. that uh, Timberlake put out an apology? Yeah, it was whatever. I mean, talk about like that man has a lot of money and has a lot of wealth. And I know he has a very good PR team. If you'll recall last summer when he was, I don't know, cheating on Jessica Biel in plain day. And like, it just fell out. It was, it was a headline story for like maybe 48 hours and it just fell off the face of the earth. So I kind of never thought the same way you always chose Bastion boys over, uh, in sync. Right. I, I also always chose Bachelor Boys over NSYNC, but that's because they had more hit songs, so that's not a debate. Um, <laughs> and but I also just never understood the Justin Timberlake like hype. I never thought really he was. I thought he was a good entertainer, but yeah. I guess nothing good at anything else. <laughs> like he's like, just a eh actor and an eh singer and an eh dancer. But I guess because he's eh at all of them, that makes him good. Right. Well, when the I guess we are in a time frame where there are aren't like a plethora of triple threats out there. Um, Donald so fucking was, Glover. Right. But at that time frame, like you have to think of like who True. else. I mean, this is like very early 2000s. Right. And like yeah. he already has the success from NSYNC that he's like coming off of. He didn't have to just come out of this on his own. So he already had a leg up on a lot of other people. Uh, now, that's true. I, I really liked his most recent album. Um, a lot of people thought it was weird and that's fine. And I don't think... I think there's a weird thing where like when you find out someone's shitty, you like kind of want to be like, oh, that means that I, that their work is also shitty. No, their work can be like fine, but you can just recognize, hey, they're shitty and I don't necessarily want to support them anymore. And I, I hope, I truly hope that his apology was genuine, but I also like have a enough of like brain power to think this man has some of the most powerful PR. Like he has very, very good PR people working for him. So they're going to help him craft this apology. Now at the end of the day, no one can make you do anything, but he knows that like, he's probably already on thin ice from also complaining at the beginning of the pandemic uh, about, you know, taking care of his child and saying something along the lines of no one was built to parent 24 hours a day, which I'm like, that's literally what a parent is, but that's (laughs) fine. You do whatever you want to do in between that. And then the cheating. And then it's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. All right. And I hope maybe he is learning a lot about himself and kind of taking a look in a mirror and being like, oh, maybe I could be less of a piece of garbage to everyone in my life. He just has some times where he's a little bit tone deaf. In a small defense of that, because I actually did not know that he issued uh, an apology statement. I this is my first time hearing about it. Um, The only thing that I will come and play devil's advocate on that is he could have issued a statement going, "Uh, I was a kid. Boys will be boys. Um, so I, I think that I could admire the pivot, but I'm with you, Gabe. I never thought that he was like great at anything. Um, I truthfully, the best thing he ever did was the mother lover videos with Andy Samberg, <laughs> who's much better, uh, at, at, than, than Justin Timberlake at everything. Um, I do have a question I, though. Sorry, sorry before your question, uh, before your question, like, I just also do not take any apology seriously that comes out after the fact. But anyways. It's true. And and he also, because he was also apology, apologizing for the Janet Jackson thing. And I'm like, how long do you need to wait? I mean, both of these things are like 20 years ago. Like, it's yeah. just, I mean, and you're only doing it because people are saying like, of that was shitty. Yeah. Like, and you're not like, I mean, 
yeah, sure, you, you as a public figure, it does serve you to to issue a public apology. But I would love to know if I don't know you maybe reached out to to her privately and you were like, listen, I mean, even if I mean, maybe he can't. Honestly, he, it's very possible that he doesn't have that option. But like, you could reach out personally and be like, I now like seeing this realize like how detrimental this was not only to like potentially your career but also you as a human being and you deserved better because every human being deserves better than that yeah and like i would love to know that he took the time to like say that genuinely to her one-on-one not oh i posted this on instagram so i fixed it yeah totally agree and I, it, it's a fine line between, you know, issuing a, issuing an apology after the fact. And also there, it, well, he's probably a Scorpio then if he's waiting 20 years to apologize. Um, but so, so my question would be, cause I know that we, we talked a little bit about like Brittany being a star and getting asked about the boob thing or like being an 18 year old and that, and that like, are you a virgin? Those kind of things. Like, Imagine doing that to just a random person on the street. Like you're gonna get the cops called on you. So what what is is it the stardom that makes that double standard okay? Or do you think it's that old adage of sex sells that people are just like, I'm just gonna go along with this because it's you know selling or it's a good publicity thing? What do you think uh plays into that? Uh what do you think you, what, what's going through your guys' heads? One of the things I wrote on my little notes thing is like celebrities, I think so often don't seem like real people to people who aren't celebrities and to people who like don't necessarily work with them and don't understand like what their lives. Like, I think also you, you want to make yourself feel better about the fact that maybe you don't have this fame or you don't have this stardom. So just like start tearing people down and you take these shots at people. And it just like, it's so easy. One person says something and it's so easy to build on that. And it's like, it it would be just as easy to do it in the other direction, but that's not going to make, you know, everyone, quote unquote, feel better about not having things. If that's, I mean, there are people that don't do this, obviously, but like there are a lot of people that when they're jealous or if someone has something they don't have, you know, they're not going to be happy for that person. They're like, I have to tear them down to make myself feel better about it. And celebrities don't feel like real people. And even now, like you see it, not even with celebrities, but just like when you're detached, when you're hiding behind like a screen or a keyboard, like you're not saying these things to this person's face. Right. So like when we, when, when we post like hateful things on Instagram or like send DMs to to celebrities saying like, you're a trash human being, like, I hope you die. Like that's a real person who gets it. And I understand that like, maybe you think, Oh, they'll never see this. But like, what if they do? What if you got, what if you open your Instagram app where you just like posted a picture of like a nice flower and someone was like, I hate you. I hope you die. Like that's a person who sees that. And it's so easy to detach yourself because you're like, well, that's not someone I know and I'm not saying it to their face. So like I can just do it. Yeah. And I think and, a lot of the like, um, like excuse for it is, oh, these people have so much money they can handle like these cameras in their face or some shitty yeah. comments from some punk kid or ask talking about their boobs once in a while. And that's, and you know, and people have case. always said like, oh, well, if you want to be famous, you have to take whatever comes with it. Well, no, you don't. You have the right to set boundaries for your. Again, you're still a person. No amount of money makes you not a person anymore. 
Well, like, yeah, and then you have the issue of the paparazzi and what they were doing oh all the God. time. I so Jess, it, while while because she had gotten through like the first thirty minutes with me, I watched the last thirty minutes on my own to do research for this, and she was like, "Why? Who wants to live like that? Like, why would anyone want that?" And I was like, in my head and out loud, I was like, "Well, I I want that. I mean, that's fine with me." Um, but you know, the more and more you think about it, the more and more you put things into perspective, like you you have to be on all the time. And then the whole umbrella incident, I never saw that before. That was pretty wild. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that your life becomes this, this like, it's not real anymore to people. Right. Just, so like, oh, think, that's, that's not real. I think when we see like paparazzi shots of someone walking into a restaurant or getting into a car, or, like getting off of an airplane, we think, oh, they took one picture of them. Well, they had to follow them around for you know, every time they weren't in their home or in a hotel room to get that. So like we see one moment, but, it, but how many hours are there these like strobe flashing lights in you and people like in your face? I mean, like on top of you, like one of the things I wrote down was like, she should have had better security. Like someone should have taken, like, obviously there's still going to be paparazzi, but she needs to have more assertive security with her. And there's, I mean, she, I think, is so kind and so genuine and so just, like, pure as a human being at this point. She doesn't, like, I don't think she would have asked for that for herself because I don't think she, I think she genuinely would have been like, oh, well, they're just, like, trying to do their job. Like, they're trying to be nice to me. And, like, when you have those magazine editor that's talking about, like, how much money they would pay the paparazzi, you know, and it's, it's like we do this as a society because like we buy the tabloids and the tabloids with the pictures of people doing shitty things sell more. So like that's then the, that's then the kind of pictures that they're going to want is like pictures of people where it looks like a really bad angle and they're like, Oh look, so-and-so had a nose job. Oh look, so-and-so has gained so much weight. And for whatever reason, those tabloid um, sell so much better than the issues where it's like, Oh, so-and-so is having a nice time at the beach with their family. Like no one wants that one. Everyone again, wants to make themselves feel better so they only buy the ones where people are doing sh- like where they don't look at their best I think and I mean she can't even get out of a fucking parking lot she's they're like on her car like leave people alone and <laughs> with the kids I mean we'll get into that but like like the paparazzi and then the guy just like is like well she didn't ever tell me to leave her alone and they're like well what about yeah, when she told you to leave her alone to he's like no 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 <laughs> that's not what yeah. she meant I literally would just finish watching it, it was like yeah she never like said or did anything that would indicate she wanted us to leave us alone what about when she said leave us alone well she didn't say like leave us alone forever <laughs> she just yeah. said like sometimes she'd be like just leave us alone today yeah Stupid that made ass. me think of that made me think of uh when i was at a at a past job they had a really bad like sexual harassment video and it was like if someone uh if you or if person a offers person b a bite of their hamburger and person B accepts a bite of the hamburger. That does not mean that person B automatically always wants a bite of your hamburger. And I was like, interesting. <laughs> what an- That's an incredible <laughs> metaphor. <Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that. I immediately thought of that, uh, that, um, that sexual harassment thing when that guy was talking about it. it's like okay so she said leave me alone for today but that means that tomorrow she doesn't want to be left alone. Like th- th- you, you, can't use that logic although i do use that logic with jessica all the time i'm like you need to explicit me like if you want me to not say something you need to explicitly tell me all of the things i can't say in public settings especially parties um but anyways the moral of the story is i don't want your hamburgers guys not right now because yeah, the chicago hamburgers suck 
not mm. true. <laughs> Anyways, damn dude, you're dead. Hey, let's do that. That sounds fun. You're getting eaten by a hamburger. Oh! <laughs> okay, let's. I'm trying to think of something on theme that wasn't terrible. So, I think I got one. Okay, are you ready? We can agree that the paparazzi is terrible. Yes. Yes, we yes. certainly can agree. Okay. Okay. Damn dude, you're dead. You live a normal. You live your life as long as your old age exists. For both of these scenarios. Okay. Okay. Option one is you live your life from. Let's say the same age as Britney. So she was like six to when she started her fame or whatever it was. <laughs> she signed a record deal. I think she was 16 or 17. Okay. So 16 until you die, you have that life of just always surrounded by paparazzi, Britney Spears level paparazzi. Okay. That's option one. Okay. Um, option two is from that same age to the day you die, you are paparazzi. You have oh, to be paparazzi. <laughs> this is bad. And as a paparazzi, you have an eyelash in your picture-taking eye. No, 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 that's just it. I feel like this is bad enough. I feel like this is my that Citizen is Kane. Bad. God, that's really bad. Well, I for sure am taking the being the famous person. I don't want to be the paparazzi. No, no, no you're, you're not famous. famous. You're not famous. You're Nobody you said famous. You're doing you, but there's no, no, just no. always paparazzi. No, no, that, he explicitly that, said that. Yeah, no, he said, but it's I'm, your life. Yeah, yeah, I but I hear that, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm a famous normal person, so I'm taking that. So you're pretending. So you're just yes. picking a different scenario than what was offered <laughs> to you. Because in that case, I'm going to pick neither. Thanks so much. I'll just pick the third scenario that I've made up. This isn't the game. Okay. Yeah, I know, I'm, but Carmen <laughs> fucked it up first. I, I think okay, Carmen listen. was saying, okay, I, I got you, Carmen. I think Carmen <laughs> was just saying that in his mind, he'll just pretend he's famous, and well, it'll be fine. Famous. Listen, I already am famous. I am one famous. of the, the hosts of the Dude Thoughts podcast, and I am the lead singer of world-renowned artistry band Gallery 81. So I am famous. I'm just adding the paparazzi now in this scenario. So I'm choosing the paparazzi following me everywhere. You'll have kids one day. I know. That's what I was going to say. Like, I would fine. choose that one if it was just me. No, no. It's not fine. <laughs> Trust yes. me. It's yes, not it fine. <laughs> it's not. Trust me. The fact it that is. that happens all the time <laughs> is so fucked up. It also it's affects bad. your your family, your friends. So I don't know, man. So this affects. Like, so I'm I'm choosing this. It's affecting you guys too. So you're welcome. I don't <laughs> want it. In this scenario, we're not friends. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna end rapidly. <laughs> um, I think I'd also pick being the prop. I don't know. I don't think I could. I stay the same person. I don't think I could physically wake up and I can't even go to a job that I hate now. Like, yeah, just going to like, if I had to go, I don't know, do something that doesn't invade somebody's privacy, you know, let alone do this shitty job where I have to be like, I'm so sorry, but how are your boobs? Like, I don't want to do this. It was the podcast thing. Oh, I'm so concerned about (laughs) you. Are you okay? No. Yeah. I would, probably pick the paparazzi one because being not a famous person i don't have the image to uphold so i can throw bricks at them all i want about bricks in a paparazzi house let he who has nothing bricks throw the first brick oh well throw yes. the bricks. <laughs> that's how it goes so right? okay so let's transition into the the second half into the end of the the show where it's it's talking about you know the, the mental breakdown leading into the conservatorship to to present day 
so personally watching it I, and they they touch on it very very slightly that they said um when her mom wrote the book they said that her mom said that she thought that maybe Britney was going through postpartum depression which I do think there's a possibility but even if you don't have like really hard postpartum depression transitioning to a mom is like quite possibly one of the hardest things a person can do so I can't imagine what it's like to do that in front of the literal world when again people have no reserve about saying whatever dumb shit they want to say to you on top of not considering the scenarios that you're in. So you have this new baby. You also have all these expectations of you to like lose all this weight, go back on tour, be this like sensational pop star again. And like, you don't get like a moment to breathe and just be like, make that adjustment on your own. So I definitely think even if there was no postpartum depression, I think that would just be like such an impossible task for anyone to, to try and take on. Um, so I definitely was kind of thinking um, like that definitely would have very easily led up, helped led up, lead up to that breakdown of just like, leave me alone. Like this isn't what I want anymore. Like what can I do to just get I mean, when she's in that interview with Matt Lauer and he's like, what do you think it's going to take for the paparazzi to leave you alone? She's like, I don't know. But she's like, but that's one of my, that's, I want that. Like, I just want them to leave me alone. Because at so, that point, again, it's not just her. The one one question I did have with this, and maybe both of you guys have some input that, that I just wasn't seeing. Um, Kevin Federline didn't seem to be very present in all of those things like with the mental breakdown so was he an absentee father was he not really in the picture or was it after the kids she decided she didn't want to be with him anymore i i was a little bit unclear on some of those uh those details i yeah. think they just they just had like a very fast romance right so they just like were dating a very short amount of time got engaged got married very quickly then had the two kids and then right after the second kid they got divorced and i don't necessarily think that like either one of them from the information I have, I don't think either one of them is doing something wrong. I just think maybe they weren't meant to be together. So they're having a custody battle. They both want full custody. And like, to me, I think that's, that's good when both parents want and like are able to provide full custody. If they're both like in sound mind, like obviously custody battles, you don't want like an ugly custody battle, but like, I think that's better than being like, well, this parent over here like doesn't want anything to do with this child. Like that's terrible. So the fact that like both of them, I think they just, didn't they weren't meant to be together like they didn't want to be married and that's fine that's like if if being married is going to be like toxic and create a bad environment for a child then like no one should feel like they have to stay married because there's a kid like if anything you want to like provide a good uh happy place for the child and like also show them what like healthy relationships are and if you're in like a terrible relationship you're not going to be doing that so I think ultimately they just like, it was just, they just weren't meant to be together and that's fine. They just, they, neither one of them was necessarily like going on cheating or doing all these things like to, to be like destroying this marriage. I think it just like, wasn't meant to be. And that is okay. I, yeah. I also think that that was a very progressive thing to think about because now, um, uh, you know, if that is the case, again, I, I don't know much about the Kevin Federline situation, but if that is the case and they were just two adults who were like, hey, we don't work together. We're not cheating. We've been faithful. I love you, but we don't work together. I think that that's much more commonplace now with divorce. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like that was another thing where it was very ahead of its time. If that was the case, I think um, it evolved into that, that, and they're definitely able. They're definitely co-parenting now. I think ultimately, I think when they first split, I think the custody battle got ugly because they both wanted full custody, and neither one of them was really willing to compromise. So I do think it ended up being like a pretty ugly custody battle, and that kind of led to a lot of other things. Um, like with the conservatorship and everything, but I think, I don't think either one of them necessarily intended for it to get that bad. Like, I don't think it was like super manipulative or controlling. I think they just both genuinely thought that like they were the better parent for the kids to live with. And when the kids are so young, you can't just be like, cause I know a lot of times when there's custody things going on, if the kid's older, they'll, they'll like talk to the kid and take into consideration like what they think is best. But like, obviously you can't ask a, like an eight month old who they want to live with. They're not going to answer. So also if you do Google, if you Google, uh, Kevin Federline and you go to his Wikipedia page, his occupation is listed as backup dancer, rapper, fashion model, actor, television, personality, (laughs) DJ, and professional wrestler. That's interesting. That must be a new one. (laughs) Yeah. He was her backup dancer. That's how they met. Oh, it's like okay. one of the things I specifically remember I from that like that yeah that whole thing and like it, everyone was just it was it was definitely something no one really saw coming like I remember it being in like People magazine and everyone being very surprised by it because it's not really a match you see after like seeing her with someone at like Justin our understanding Timberlake. yeah of yeah. the time of who Justin Timberlake was yeah so when while watching this Carmen remember how you brought up the like music triggering your memories yes just hearing the name kevin federline triggered right. my yeah. memories yeah. while watching this For i was like sure. oh my I'm god like, oh right i forgot about him i was like wait when they started talking about like her getting married i was like wait what was that guy's name then they said it and i was like oh my god remember the song misery business by paramore oh my god remember <laughs> all that <laughs> so anyways sorry continue carmen well no i was just gonna say um with uh fuck what was i gonna say oh the 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 big thing coming out of that was obviously the conservatorship so let's talk about that kelki start us off with your thoughts um because i know that that ended some of that ended that closure was with kevin federline listing uh a restraining order against jamie spears right right so terrible right so let's talk about that part of the documentary and then we can start giving our thoughts and then really just hashtag free Britney all over the place onto the floor. Um, I think so basically within the custody battle, well, there was the whole hair thing and everyone thought she was having a mental breakdown, which maybe she was, but like at that time there definitely was like zero talk about mental illness um, and just like mental health in general. And I definitely think that that kind of aided in all of this getting as bad as it got because no one like things, everyone's like, says bipolar and says schizophrenic and says these things as just like a foreign concept and just like, Oh, haha, It's a joke. It's just like a crazy person, quote unquote. Wait, and wait that- hold on. When, with the joke thing, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Can you believe that her fucking thing was a family feud question? Yeah, that was, oh, yeah, that was Oh my God. I was like, so <laughs> fuming. <laughs> like yeah, literally I, hard to watch. I wrote down. Everybody is a punchline. Like everything in her life is a punchline. It it is. They they don't see like these people, you can't see her as a person and still do that. Like she's not real. That's why I'm saying like celebrities aren't real. You can make these jokes about them. You can say these things because in your mind you justify it being like they're not real. 
Yeah, it almost not, makes, they're still people. Like that's truly what it is. Like I I felt guilty about just the memes that go around and it's like, "Oh, now that I'm 30, I know why Britney shaved her head back in the day." Ha ha ha. ha. Yeah. Like no, like I feel bad for even like looking at those memes and thinking, "Oh, that's funny." Like, "Oh yeah, I want to I mean, I would never shave my head." Um, but uh so I'm sorry. It was just that was something that kind of yeah, stuck out to me that was like exactly how yeah. like how can that be a joke punchline to you with this fucking because, poor woman? Yeah. And I mean, nowadays, obviously, like mental health is way more like there's not as much stigma around it and people are way more open about it. But at that time, it wasn't. So no one really knew what to do. So they just kind of took that and like ran with it. And um, I mean, can you but also like the sh- she literally just was like shaving my head. She said she didn't want people touching her anymore, which like after however many years of people on top of you all the time, strangers and everything, like I don't blame her. Like I wouldn't want anybody touching me either. I don't want anybody touching me now, even before COVID, like get away from me. Like I, I feel bad for her. And like that hairdresser was like afraid. She was literally like, if I do this, like I'm going to get sued. Cause like, she was like, this is Britney Spears. Like I can't, mess up her image so she just did it herself like and she again said earlier in the documentary like taking control of your own life I think in that moment that's what she thought she was doing she's like I'm gonna take control of this like this is the problem this is how I'm gonna solve it I don't want anyone touching me anymore I'm gonna take away the reasons that these people are touching me that's what she was doing she was like she I think in that moment that was her trying to set a boundary but like because no one's listening no one's taking anything she said seriously up to this point because everything's a fucking joke to her right like it's it's such bullshit like so basically that kind of all spirals out of control. Everyone's like, oh, she's crazy. But like, they're not saying it with any sincerity. They're like, oh, she's crazy. Whatever. I'm like, no, you don't know like what that could mean. So they put her uh, in a 5150 where basically against her will, they put her in a psych ward. So like, quote, it's like for your quote unquote, for your safety, like if there's certain you have to meet certain qualifications. Like I can't just call someone and be like, Oh, I think so-and-so needs to go on this. Like they would still have to go to that person and like ask questions and like, make sure they're like, okay, if this person is genuinely like a concern for like their own safety or the safety of others, then they'll take them uh, and like keep them under psychiatric evaluation for however long they determine it needs to be. So at that point, the 5150 is done. And that's when the dad shows up. She's like in the mental hospital under observation. And that's when Jamie shows up and he's like, I'm going to hear, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to help. And that's when they're like, we need to do a conservatorship. And she said, like when she went and had that meeting with that first guy, she was like, I'm like, it, it can be anybody but my dad. Like literally anybody else but him, please. She was, yeah, she wasn't saying no. She She wasn't saying no. She's like, yeah, I, I, that's fine. I know that I'm not doing great. So do what you need to do. Just not my dad. Literally. It's like she wasn't even fighting. The only thing she was fighting was that it not be her dad. And that right there is like such a huge flag. like a fair, reasonable request. Yeah. She's not. Oh, yeah. So it's so such bullshit. Um, So and then basically they won't let her have her own lawyer. They appoint a lawyer, which is some shady shit. And they won't tell that other lawyer what's in that document. The, the health document, right? He said, yeah. I have a medical record that I'm not going to mm-hmm. show you, but what it says in here is basically that you can't be the lawyer. Yes, and that I'm going to pick. And the, the court-appointed attorney is still her attorney today. So, um, so then basically they kind of pull in the custody agreement to it, and they're like, well, if you agree to this, then like 
well, it'll like help you get custody of your kids faster. And she basically like stops fighting because that's all she wants. She right. She wants to be able to see her kids, which like is understandable, but they kind of use that against her, which is like, again, some more bullshit and manipulative. So, um, I also like, I didn't truly like know the extent of what a conservatorship is. So it's, you know, there's a great chance that she didn't either. So maybe she's thinking she's agreeing to this thing that's not that long term. You know, it's just for now. And, you know, here we are 12 years later and she's still stuck fighting this battle because there's a good chance she didn't know the extent of what this would mean to agreeing to this. And it's, again, she, she was like anyone but him, please. I also, they they had made a good point about the conservatorships typically are for like elderly people. And yeah. the thing that ends the conservatorship is death, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. up to this point, how many conservatorships ended with the person going, okay, you figured it all out. Good work, kid. You're yeah. free. Like that probably that none. didn't happen. Yeah, Which, probably like, not. They asked, they asked that lady and she's like, to my knowledge, no conservative has been able to just like get out of their conservatorship by by appealing it in her in her experience. She hasn't had someone successfully do that. But that brings up the point is then like, so then she's, she's doing these shows in Vegas. She's like having these comeback albums. She's still working so much and like doing so much in her career and she's clearly fine. And then they ask for a raise and they say that the conservatorship is a, should be a hybrid business model, which like, no, it shouldn't be. If you think that, if you think this woman is making so much money that you can all survive on it, on this quote unquote conservatorship, you're not doing this for her best interest. You're doing this for your best interest. And that's, they say that later on, like, it's a conflict of interest because she's paying for everything. Right. So she was paying paying for for all the lawyers. lawyers. So what are they really fighting for? Are they fighting because they think that she truly needs help? Are they fighting because she's writing these big ass paychecks for them? Yeah, it was, uh, they were talking about, so she, she, the conservatorship pays for her lawyer, her dad, and her, the conservator partnership, which is, I think, now a bank, and then the bank and the dad's lawyer, who, I think the dad has his own lawyer, which obviously is a red flag in itself. Yeah. So, like, there's a huge conflict of interest in that. Like, they're not gonna, even if they saw, she's, she's so mentally fit she's doing really well she's working she's doing all this stuff she doesn't need us well they don't want it to end because they're making so much money off of this 60 billion dollar estate and they want to have this control so what what do you guys think it would look like or what do you think would need to happen for her to be able to get out of this conservatorship other than short of an assassination attempt on the dad which obviously we're not doing but do you think that she's like out there going we should kill my dad no, I don't think so. Cause still in my heart, I think she's like truly so genuine and so kind. And like, if you watch these Instagram posts, like, I think she's just like a, like, I think she's just such at the, the core of her being. I think she's such a good person. Do you think a crazy so fan would go out and do it? I do think that could yes. potentially happen. Honestly. Um, this feels like a lot of when like someone brings something to a, a show I'm watching now survivor or in sports, sometimes you don't know you need a rule until somebody manipulates the system of something. Mm-hmm. And so this might be one of those situations where just, I, I hope I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't know anything legally. I have no idea, but this could be one of those things where Britney Spears just gets fucked. And then the law changes afterwards because then 
it it can change once she's out of it. Well, they were saying kind of at the end, like by when they had this hearing in November, like them, the judge didn't suspend Jamie as a conservator, but added a co-conservator. That's like, that was a big step. And also Lynn, the mom has come forward and been like, I want to take over or the sister, right? These are people she has good relationships with ongoing, like aren't manipulative, aren't controlling, don't like want to just take her for like what the wrong reasons and like use it. Um, Yeah. So I was, I think there's potential because by now having a co-conservator. So I think it's hard to be like, just end the conservatorship. Right. But by kind of adding a co one now, potentially maybe in the next one, they'll take away Jamie because there's a current one. So I don't think they necessarily just end it willy nilly. Right. But now they have someone like quote unquote as a backup over the estate. So they have the bank. So now they could, feasibly like take Jamie off of that and then have the bank. And then it's like maybe easier to fight it that way. Like, yes, it's a lot of loopholes and it's a lot of like roundabout ways, but I do think that him being put as a co-conservator instead of the sole person on it, I think that is like a good step forward. And I mean, there are, there's the next case hearing is March 17th and then April 27th. Like there's already ones lined up, like this is ongoing. And I think people like, that's good. It's not just lost in a system of like, Oh, we'll get to it when we get to it. So I was I wasn't fully understanding, uh, and I I guess I could have done a quick Google search while we were talking here. But are Jamie and Lynn divorced now? I th- I think so. I don't think they may have not never like gone through it, but they're definitely not together. Like because when they had the like MTV special, she was like just with her dad. Like her mom wasn't there. Wait, hold on. I I did just Google it. So Jamie and Lynn divorced in 2002. Okay. So um, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but it does say that they briefly had reconciled in 2010, but they are living separate and they have separate lives and are divorced. So um, it, was, it was interesting to me, going back a little bit so that I can go forward with this comment, is that the mom, who was there for everything, never checked into rehab, was there with her for the beginning – like weirdly became on the payroll and she was this business manager, like just in the crowds. Um, so I wonder if it's a possibility that Lynn becomes, uh, on the conservatorship or something like that, because there needs to be some sort of check, check and balance going on there. Obviously. I mean, she had a lawyer at the most recent hearing. Like she was really like, that was one of the potential like takeover people. But I think there's probably like, because it's so much, legal stuff obviously and then there's also because it's such a large amount it's not like oh i have seven dollars who's in charge of it it's like it's a huge estate it's a huge career it's a huge legacy that she has i don't think that's something that's super easy to just like pass over oh well you can take a turn you can take a turn so i think just showing up and and making it known like i want to to be a part of this i want to to just i have my daughter's best interest at hearts um i just want to make sure she's okay i think that's like the getting a right a step in the right direction, but I'm not super surprised that it didn't happen like right away. Right. Because it just seems very complicated legally to like get all this stuff transferred. And, and like, I just think there's so much of it that I don't understand as far as like the legal side of conservatorship. But I think her basically like throwing her hat in the ring and like having the lawyer and having it known and like being at these hearings and being like, I can take over this. I can like work with her. I think that, is definitely a step in the right direction towards like getting her on board with it and replacing Jamie. So Gabe, what do you think about the fans that they were interviewing there? Cause they had 
one, they had a podcast, which was pretty darn cool. Like, imagine someone with the first name Dude or last name Dudemeister one day is like, oh, the Dude Thoughts podcast. Like, they were, they were, they saved me. They were cool. Like, imagine, <laughs> like, that was pretty cool. Like, w- w- but like, when you think of the fan aspect of it, what do you think the role that the fans in the social media would play, do you think, for, for Free Britney and then that movement? Going forward? Yeah. Yeah. Going forward. Oh, I think it's going to play a really big part in it. Because especially like now, like I know part of a judge's job is to just like do the letter of the law. But I don't know if after this comes out, like you want to be the person that <laughs> that uh keeps it going. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so just the so many people like I don't think anybody saw this and said, yeah, that should be happening. You know, I haven't seen that happening yet. Right. So I just think the like a fan movement like that. Also, yes, if we did have fans like that that started a podcast, that'd be <laughs> great. But, um, but yeah, I I think it's going to play probably a big part into into what we see happen in these next couple of court hearings coming up. Well, and I think it's good too because it shows like people can come out and and it can help like when they got that when the podcast people got that voicemail that was like this is the thing right so they're getting information now that maybe wouldn't have been been public otherwise. And obviously there's like questions to the validity of, of what was stated, but you never know, like when you get a message out, who's going to hear it, who might have like an answer that can help um, solve a problem or help get it kind of going in the right direction to get to the, to the end result that you want. So just, just having it out and having like a, a, a huge fan base with this, all this information, it, it has a better chance of someone being able to help maybe like, Oh, this person knows something that or knows like someone who could help in this way and maybe it's not the traditional way that it could be done but it ultimately it could help so yeah i don't think like the fans necessarily are gonna like charge down her door and be like just run out here with us but i do think there's like definitely credit to be given to the movement and just like awareness in general do you guys think that it's that it's telling that only the mom was it physically interviewed for this and not any of the siblings or the dad or Brittany. Like, I, I know that they said at the end that we, they don't know for sure if the requests even got to Brittany, um, which obviously is, like, super eerie. Like, can you imagine, like, someone filtering your calls and your media requests like that? Like, obviously, that's scary, right? Um, or scary. Uh, but the brothers and sis- the brother and sisters, that was interesting that they didn't have them physically interviewed for this. Um, well, they didn't have the mom interviewed. Like, all the footage of the mom was just, like, archive footage from other stuff. The mom didn't, like, she wasn't interviewed for the documentary specifically. Then who was the lady holding all those pictures? That was her, like, assistant slash chaperone. Like, that was the one that the mom oh. was like, we can't travel with her. We need you to travel with her. I misunderstood. I thought that that was the mom. Okay, so none of them no. interviewed. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I must have well, missed so, that part in the very beginning. <laughs> first of all, I think Jamie Lynn has kind of taken a step back from being quote unquote in the limelight a while ago. And I think with it being ongoing, maybe she and her mom both, cause they're, they're fighting. They're very much on Britney's side. Like Jamie Lynn on social media is very vocal about being on Britney's side and like wanting better for Britney. And I think maybe they didn't want to take part in this because they didn't know like with the ongoing legal battle, maybe how that would play out. And like, if yeah. that could negatively affect it, that might've been why they didn't want to speak on it. Um, also, I didn't even know she had a brother until this fucking documentary. And wow, is he a piece <laughs> of shit. And I actually, like, one of the things I wrote down was, like, good for that radio host, right? Because he's like, I mean, they just, like, want to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And the guy was like, that, 
That's like their constitutional right. So what's the issue? (laughs) Um, And I was like, good for that. I don't know who that radio host is, but like good for him for calling out the brother and being like that there's nothing wrong with them doing what they want to do. (laughs) Like you're an idiot. Um, But I didn't even know that they, they had a brother until I was watching this documentary. So I don't really know what his deal is, but like, I don't necessarily think he's particularly involved enough to really make these declarations. I'm looking up Jamie Lynn Spears' Instagram right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it looks like she's gotten a little bit of work done as she's gotten older, unfortunately. But, like, man, throwback to, like, the Zoe 101 days. I think that she was the more attractive sister. Excuse me, the more attractive sister. Well, it might have been she's closer to your age. So that's, like, who you were coming of age with. So you may have just, like, found her more relatable. Because I personally think they look so similar when they were both, like, at that yeah, kind of agreed. age they look they're so similar um her instagram now just because i haven't thought about her in a very long time yeah but also i think a lot of people on britney spears's instagram they're like before before this documentary came out i just remember hearing people being like i mean she's just like so weird she just and this is like two years ago right this is like before covid She's like, oh, she's just like in her house, like walking up and down the same hallway. She's like just out back dancing. And I was like, you guys, she can't leave. Like, what else is she going to do? What would you do if you were physically kept from leaving your home? And then we all got to experience that together. And now I don't think anyone (laughs) has the right to sit here and be like, well, she's obviously like mentally unstable. No, like she's trapped in a house. She's like has all of her decisions as a grown adult made for her. Like this is this is her outlet this is how she's going to communicate and she's going to, to do what she can do. I mean, if you're trapped in a huge house by yourself, there's only so much Netflix that you can watch. Yeah. I didn't know this was happening until this documentary. Yeah. This is, I, I knew about it because I have a couple of friends who had posted about it. Um, and I found it that way and I was like, this is bonkers, but I didn't, again, I didn't know to the extent until I watched the documentary, but I did know that she was like, in this house and that she had, I mean, she said that she refuses to work until her dad is not the conservator anymore, which should tell you that like, he's doing something like, she's basically like, I don't want to give him, he's going to take all the money that I get from this and he doesn't deserve it. Like, that's what you should take away from that. She wants to still be working. She's so talented. She wants to still be performing. She had that like opportunity to keep her residency in Vegas and she ended up canceling it. And I just think it's because she's unhappy and like good for her for setting that boundary. Like she doesn't have to do it just because people are demanding that of her. But what she did was she now has chosen this life where she basically doesn't get to do anything because she's not doing whatever these people are telling her she has to do. I know the legal parts are very different, but this also like reminds me of the Kessa situation from a a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely similarities for sure. Where just it's like a legal mistreatment of somebody and they like can't they don't want to work because of x y and z to support a person who is kind of manipulating them so exactly and sexually assaulting her i think that that was a big deal with yeah the that Kesha was also thing. party catches which hopefully that's not the case in the britney one and or in anybody's case ever again for the rest of life right yeah do you guys think that if they're because they, they they talked in the documentary about how instagram has let us get this inside look at Britney, like the like directly from Britney to us with nothing, no media in the middle. Do you think that some of the things would have turned out differently if there was Instagram in the 90s or like early 2000s when she was getting big? Do you think that that could have changed some of the story outcome that we have? Um, I mean, I, I have to imagine that it would, but I don't know, really know in which way it would have 
led the story. Like, I don't know if it would have led her um, like faster down to like being like, I don't want to do this anymore or if it could have been helpful. I mean, I think again, it, it kind of all depends on <clears throat> like if you have a clear way that you want to represent yourself and like sometimes people are really hateful at people just for being themselves and you know you don't want like again these people behind keyboards coming out and telling you terrible things like oh you're so ugly oh you're so terrible oh like I wish you were dead like that isn't going to help anybody anyways not to say that necessarily would have happened but it could have also happened it happens today so it could have definitely gone either way I mean I, I have to imagine it definitely would have affected the situation it's just hard to say how so it would have affected it yeah it could have I imagine way, I think because I feel like there's people out there who will just like hand off their social media to somebody else yeah and then she wouldn't see any of it and then because I don't know I feel like it paparazzi has changed I guess I don't I feel like it's not as it's not that anymore because so much of it is just because magazines aren't buying it and they're just posting it themselves now. So it's a little more work than just here's my, here's my photo. I put it, I'm giving it to this magazine for X amount of dollars. Now it's just more work to be like, all right, I have to, I have to edit this and I have to put it up and I have to do all this stuff. So I don't know. I will never will have this happen to me. So I don't know whether that's the case. I've seen like these like TikTok people have people outside their house, but it's not like Britney Spears level at all. No, I mean, yeah, I think there's definitely different levels of of the paparazzi and of the ongoing. It's like basically stalking. And I think there's different levels and depending on who you are. But I do think like that girl should have had they should have had better security on her. Like, I'm not saying I don't think that it's up to her because when you're like 18 years old, you don't know to ask for that. But like there's someone somewhere who knew that would have been a great solution and they just dropped the ball on that one. And that's uh, so- is a bummer. <laughs> Like, impractical jokers, and stay with me, like, when they do pranks in, like, a mall, they have to blur out people's faces who don't want to be in these videos. So I don't understand, like, why a magazine can publish a picture of somebody who hasn't agreed to be on this magazine. Like, I don't understand the difference between the two. I was just watching Impractical Jokers, so that's why I was just putting the, (laughs) the two and two together. Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm sure there is like a legal explanation, but I also have no idea what it is. But well, I'm sure the I mean, I don't know if that's this is the case, but I feel like video and uh, photography, I think, are covered under different uh, copyright and trademark laws, laws, um, different intellectual property laws. But um, real quick, I was I was Googling this because I was curious. So the most expensive picture that Britney Spears uh, of Britney Spears that ever uh, had gone um, actually was $500,000. Um, so imagine the, the one, so, and it was the one where she was bald. So it was the first picture to ever get published of her having a shaved head. Um, okay. Like, can you just imagine you're, you went to work one day, you snapped a picture, boom, put it on the table of some editor who I imagine is the guy from Spider-Man. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you did you find that picture of Britney Spears? Ah, Come on, Venmo you five dollars like, if you can tell me his name. Uh, it's uh, the Daily Planet. It's, he's googling um, it. He's cheating. No, he no, is no, cheating. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. No, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm, five, I, okay. four, three, two. I don't have an answer. One. It's my phone. Okay. My phone's sitting right next to me. But he's his name is Howard. 
J. Jonah Jameson. That's it's J. Howard Jonah. Stark. You're thinking of Howard Stark. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of uh, Howard Stern, who also <laughs> sucks. Um, yeah, I don't like but, him either. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I think the biggest difference with social media is is to Gabe's point that like you control your own narrative, and why would someone pay that much money or stalk people like that if like they could like I could just take a picture on my phone or they could they're just gonna post that same picture anyways like so. Yeah, hot ones. I've been watching a lot of hot ones because I've been finding it really interesting. Is that um, a porn site? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Hot ones. Yeah, it's Am either I- uh, a a TV show about like porn stars or it's a t- like a magazine about hot. F- I don't know French fries. I don't. What 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 do you talk? What is hot ones? Hot ones is the the guy who interviews celebrities while they eat chicken wings. I didn't know that was a job, but wow, good for him okay, for setting well, that I'm up, s- taking over that market. <laughs> like, it's like really pop. I'm sending you the link of the Zach Efron interview. I believe you. Oh, please do. I will. <laughs> He's hot ones and he's, and yeah, this, he so this, like, you'll go down a binge because every celebrity talks to him and says he's the best interview he's ever, they, they, that they've ever done. Like, he asks, like, really thought out questions and, like, he deep dives these people in like not a creepy way just in like yeah. their past to be like hey what was it like winning championship in your little league team and they'd be like how do you know that that happened and like so it's really interesting stuff so i think i think you'd like it especially kelky um zach efron even mentions how the best food city in the country is chicago but we don't have to talk that's about because that. it is chicago right, deep this right dish now. pizza hot dogs wings tacos italian beef chicago does it better than everywhere else in the world Fucking fight me, Chicago number one forever, Chicago. Okay. So in I'm this interview, he'll you. he'll ask people like, "What is the?" Uh, sometimes he'll ask celebrities like, "What's the?" Um, like, what is your method to avoid paparazzi? Sometimes, and Chicago was, but somebody said like after uh, <laughs> after every audition, they would just wear the same outfit every day, and so basically what happened was oh, paparazzi yeah. didn't want. I think it was Taylor Swift. Yeah, I think I've read, I've definitely read like people doing that before because it doesn't look like it's different days. So it's harder for them to sell it. Exactly. And I was like, that's like ingenious and something you it never really thought is. you'd have to think about. And then somebody else yeah. said they just walk backwards because nobody <laughs> wants a picture of their back. They just need to walk backwards. So the, I don't know. And hot ones, check it out. They don't need our help, but listen to them. They're great. Any. Um, okay. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm scrolling through my notes right now because I just want to make sure because they were literally like when I watched it the second time, I was like, there's so much I want to make sure I talk about. So I just want to like. While you're while you're looking that up, it's the ceremonious one hour, 18 minutes and 21 second mark (laughs) where we ask you, the fans, the fellow free Britney advocates to go like, subscribe, follow, write a five-star review, all about the Dude Thoughts podcast. We are so close to our 50th uh, review, and Gabe promised to take his shirt off live on the Instagram, and I will do something with my wiener. I don't know. Something. <laughs> I don't know. But I, won't, but I won't send it to anyone. It's not, not, not unsolicited. I don't do unsolicited wiener stuff. I don't even send my wife wiener stuff. I don't even have a wife. I'm not even, I don't know what's happening anymore. Yeah, I don't either. But please follow us on Instagram. This won't happen there. <laughs> None of that. Um, yeah. yeah um, wieners, wieners don't ever make it to Instagram. So I think I just really want to touch on uh, Justin Timberlake really, really sucks. And uh, Barbara Walters also really sucks. 
And I think the media in general was just treating her like shit. And they're like, oh, she doesn't look that innocent. And they talked to the one, the woman who's a stylist that says she just got to a point where she was like, I'm going to stop trying to please everyone, which is something that every woman gets to a point, that point in their life where I'm like, I'm just going to stop living for everyone else. And like, I think Britney Spears had to go through that a in the public eye and be a lot younger than a lot of other people have to go through it. Um, and again, she, she had to go through so much like on her own and she's just like navigating uncharted territory in so many ways with like how famous she was and how young she was and, and no one kind of knew what to do with it or how to, how to help her like do that. And now we have people who that's their jobs, right? There's like brand people and, and PR people. And like, that's their jobs is like their sole purpose is to like protect these people and protect their image. But you also now have people who are like, who also hopefully like care about these celebrities as human beings. And they're also like on that side, like making sure they're okay when they go through these things. And I just wish she had had that because she was just like so young and she went through so much in front of the entire world. And like, it's just not really fair because she truly is so talented. And I, 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 again, I think she's just like so genuine and like pure and like a good person. And I just like want, I want better for her. And I think that her lawyer, I mean, he said it multiple times, but I think it kind of sums it up. It's like, we don't know what we don't know. And like, it's true. There's, there's part of it, even with this, that there's stuff that we don't have all the information on. Like there are a very small handful of people who, who know all the details on what's going on. But we know what we do know is that like, she's not happy. She wants to be working and she feels like she can't. She, she is supportive of the fans support. She like wants it. She, I think it, I think it truly helps her. So at the very base of it, even if the fans can't technically quote unquote do anything, they're, they're helping her by like being positive and like being like a reminder for her that like there are people who do still want her to work and do want her to be happy and want better for her. Even if, even if she didn't want to work, I, I think her fans would still be like, we just want you to be happy and we want you out of this situation that you're clearly unhappy in. So yes, we might not know everything, but I think with what we do know, it's pretty clear which side we should be on. So, yeah. So final take, do you guys think that the Instagram posts were in fact cryptic all along? I mean, I don't know if she's necessarily speaking in code, but I do think in her mind, she's, she's, saying like there is a way out you know the one that was like there's always a way out i i think she's being like she's trying to be her own positivity she's trying to stay positive and i i think that's reflected in her instagram posts i agree thank you (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) final thoughts anything else guys anything else also yeah we never asked this did did you guys both have good valentine's days I mean, yeah, we don't really do anything for Valentine's Day because it's whatever. (laughs) It was my only day off, so. (laughs) Then that was a good day. Yeah. I, Justin and I have been on a big Die Hard uh, kick and we rewatched Die Hard 1. Uh, I watched Die Hard 2 for the first time and I watched Die Hard 3 for the first time on Valentine's Day with Jessica and it was great. Well, that's a nice tradition you can start. (laughs) Die Hard on Valentine's Day. Die Hard forever. It's not a Christmas uh, movie anymore. It's a Valentine's Day movie now. <laughs> yes. Uh, on that note, Gabe, anything else that you want to add? Anything else you want to sign us out with? Anything? Final thoughts? Let's take it away. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it so, so much. Free Brittany. Free free this beautiful angel so that she can continue to live her life and perform or not perform. It's up to her. 
and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram, Two Thoughts Pod. It's it's in the description. Jim Little Gabe, chaotically Kelky, chaotically Kelky, Official. And as always, in every other episode, if you got a dream, Kelky, can free you do Brittany. it for me? Oh yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> free free Brittany and Kelky, can you finish that for me? Go and chase it. See you guys in the next one. Hashtag free Brittany. Bye.